0: Questme, Me, your weekly review show of everything Star Wars. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. We go live on Tuesdays at about eight thirty or nine o'clock Mountain Time, and you can find us on Twitter at QuestMeTMA. This season, we're talking all about the new Star Wars series Andor, and I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, We're going to get this show moving along so we can talk about Episode 8 of Andor, Narkeena 5. But of course, before we do that, I need to introduce my lovely screen buddies. And up first, as always, is my lovely co-host. He's a real-life hero, and his name is Justin. (laughs) How are you doing today, sir?
1: After watching that intro video, so much better. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Good job. Good <laughs> job.
0: I'm glad you liked it. I after I saw the title of the show, I was like, Oh man, that sounds like an always sunny episode. So I should probably I should probably do something a little different. But I'm glad you liked it uh, and I am glad that you are here. Thank you. Thank you. How, how has your week been, sir?
1: Uh wonderful. We had Halloween, got to do some joint oh, yeah. treating. Passed right. out how popcorn you- and candy. So it was, it was a good week. Nice. What about it yours?
0: popcorn and
1: candy yeah the in-laws have a, a, a popcorn machine from like 60s oh. that they've used all the time since then and then we oh. set it up and people that's love that way,
0: shit that's way cool excellent um i'm, I'm good my week was good uh, my i started a new job recently and it's finally settling down a little bit so things are good um God, nice. yeah thanks for asking i want to say hello to the derby 501st derp Good, to, good to have you in. Thanks for being here. Um, of course, we also have a returning friend. He's a wonderful podcaster and the host of the Talking Smack podcast. His name is also Josh, but we're gonna call
2: him Scar, Scar. on the show. So, welcome back, sir. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. This is uh, I, I was really excited to get that uh, email from you earlier this year. Like, hey, uh, Andor's coming up. You wanna, you wanna come back? And it's like hell yeah. Yeah. Hey! Yeah, you were you were on the first episode <laughs> of the book of Boba
0: Fett season, which was like season th- three now
2: three three, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like so long ago either way. Like it was, was it was March. Well, oh, you know, that was January. That was that was, <laughs> was it that early. Yeah.
0: Like uh, Book of Boba Fett came out last December. And I think I think the first episode wow. you were on was in January.
1: Almost the mistaken. year.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess it has been a little longer than I thought. Yeah, but it's great to have you back. I'm so glad that you decided to come back and talk some Star Wars with us. You did bring a really good perspective in that first episode of Book of Boba Fett. Some things that I never thought a Star Wars fan would say, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I also love your shirt, the Dattalorian. It's wonderful. Yeah,
1: where'd you get that?
2: (laughs) Uh, My wife found it on Etsy for me. Ah, It's always
1: Etsy.
0: Yep. It's always Edson. Those crafty, homemade yeah. people
1: getting those
2: done. <laughs> if you need I'm the, it, I'm the I'm guy it. that wears the uh, the band merch to the concert, but <laughs> I didn't want to wear like my Star Wars shirt, so I was like, I'll do the Dadalorian. That's that's a nice little. I, like, I wear the Star Wars shit. shirt every time. So <laughs> then again,
0: my wardrobe is pretty much all Star Wars, so it doesn't really doesn't really matter that much. Not a bad way to be. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta ask because I've been asking all of our guests. Um, this season. I don't think I asked this question during Book of Boba Fett, but if I did, just re-answer it for me. Um, basically, my question for all the guests is,
2: what got you into Star Wars? Uh, some people might hate me for this, but the 1997 re-releases. Uh, I, my dad took me to all three re-releases in theaters. I remember standing around the corner waiting for us to find a, a theater to get into, uh, the theater we had in our hometown only had three theaters. So they, they had all three of them booked up for star Wars, those two weeks that they were open for each uh, edition. And uh, yeah, it is just, I, I had seen uh, especially empire. I had seen empire on like local TV on syndication, but I was so young at that point. Uh, I was when in 97, I was 11 years old. So when, um, like empire was on it takes place in so many different locations my kid brain did not register that this could be, maybe be the same movie i'm not paying attention to the actors i'm paying attention to the the scenery and so like you start off on a nice planet then you go to a, a swamp planet you got all sorts of like a cloud city there's so many things <laughs> going on I, like i didn't register that it was the same movie so when i when i sat down and watched the thing in its entirety because commercials would come on you'd switch the channel uh, so when I watched the thing in its entirety with these re releases, I was like, Oh, I remember that. I know that. That's oh, the same what? movie. I, I didn't realize this was all the same movie. <laughs> yeah. I have a similar
0: story. Uh the first time I mean I watched them. My dad had them recorded off of uh WGN.
2: Y- y'all remember WGN? Yep, the one oh, yeah, that's where I watched my syndicated <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's where I watched my syndicated See? episodes. And that's he, re- or he
0: movies. He did the recording of it, so he'd record it on the VHS when it would come on, you know. So I was uh, let's see. I was probably, I mean, and nine. I guess I was nine when they came out in the re-release. But I had been watching them for a little while beforehand. Like, just, you know, same thing. I didn't remember what was actually going on. I just remember watching, and mine was Return of the Jedi. um, <laughs> And so one. the Ewoks and the all the stuff, because I was little, you know. And so I remember seeing one or hearing one particular rumor that Jabba the Hutt got stepped on and I was like oh Jabba's in in Return of the Jedi I have to go watch Return of the Jedi and it wasn't that movie I was a new hope when they did that digital insertion of Jabba the Hutt Han Solo walks around him and steps on his tail blah 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 but Mm -hmm. either way I had to go watch all three of them because I was like, well, this isn't the right movie. As soon as it ended, I was like, Jabba didn't get stepped on. My, like, <laughs> nine-year-old self was so upset about it um, that I had to go back and I I got... I think I went to Empire next. Like, I
2: watched it backwards in the theater. So... Depending on what you're into, I mean, in Return of the Jedi, Jabba does kind of get stepped on. Well, so. <laughs> sure, sure. But he doesn't make the
0: fun little, like sound and or like face he doesn't he doesn't squeal anyways. like yeah. oh how
1: dare he yeah <laughs> see I, my first memory is about like when i was four or five because my dad loved star wars and he played it on the laser disc which was the old school oh, dvd yeah. the size of a, an 18 inch and it i still huge. have it yeah i have it and uh mounted on my wall it just as a, a cool little look at it. but uh awesome. same kind of thing it's it's the the good memories of being with family and then uh, mm-hmm. like trying to recognize this movie when you're young and then rewatching it when you actually have the attention span and then it yeah. all clicks and you're like, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> it was awesome before, but it's even better now that yeah. I understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly. Great. Um, Well, thanks for sharing that. I don't think, I don't think that's a very hateable offense to have seen the special
2: editions in theater because that's that's what it was. I know there's some purists out there that are just like, uh, I mean, I I, I eventually bought the VHS of the unedited versions or like the original. versions.
0: But purists can like like, F off because I mean, just because they're old and they saw it in the theaters when it first came out, doesn't mean that us 80s babies got to see it when we were younger. Like that was that was our way of seeing the movies in the theaters like.
2: Exactly. See, I, I don't. Think I mean, that's I have, vague... <laughs> I have vague memories of seeing *Caravan of Courage* as well. I remember my aunt had oh, the, yeah. uh, those VHSs. I, I remember seeing the Ewoks in *Return of the Jedi*. I was like, oh, that's the one with the 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 really curly haired blonde girl. Yep. And yeah, just I, I know I know what I'm the talking droids, about. The, kind of. the
0: droids cartoon. I always saw oh, that in Lord. Walgreens. There was the droids and Ewok <laughs> cartoon, and it was always on sale at Walgreens. That's where my stepmom worked, and so I'd go there and I'd see those DVDs. What's up, Justin? See,
1: I can't help to think, like, the younger kids who really enjoy the sequels, in, like, 20 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, the old guys, they just suck. They don't know good good Star Wars anymore. <laughs> and we're still going to be hitting hey, on it.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't say anything about the old guys thinking things sucked. We didn't talk about the prequels at all and how that was, like, my first new oh, Star Wars experience. But, like, you know. You you can't be hated for going to see the special editions in theaters. That was the only way that we got to see it in theaters. So at least it wasn't the exactly. the three D versions. I mean we only got episode one for that. But I never at least saw it wasn't that, did that. you? No. <laughs> no, dude. Scar I, I put it. Oh no, I I don't waste my time on three D <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nah, me either. I haven't seen a three D movie we, since Avatar all... and I fell asleep during Avatar and I was
2: pissed. We've all got the spectacles, those glasses. Like I know they've gotten better with the the Harry Carey style glasses, but still not not worth the time and money. Hey, you got the glasses. Hey, <laughs> you know what my friends call me Whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I just uh, I,
0: the three D movies are not enticing to me. They they don't even really make them anymore, which is great. Yeah, because dizzy. Yeah, and I just whatever. What a waste of money. It's like an extra five dollar cash grab. Yep, but anyway. Thank you for being here. So, my last question: how how have you liked Andor so far?
2: I've loved it. Um, I think this episode might be the one that I feel like is kind of the weakest one, but I think that's only because the first three episodes dropped together. Mm-hmm. Where if they dropped them all week to week, I think maybe episode two might have been the weakest of the th- of the eight we've had so far. I don't even remember episode two. So you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the one that ended with Luthen like appearing. Like we still didn't even really see him, but that's, I, I think it took till episode three where we finally got to meet Luthen. Okay. Um, but like this one, I feel like is a lot of setup, but it's, it's good setup and it's good stuff, but I've really enjoyed this series. Like um, it, it goes to show that there is more to star Wars than just space wizards and laser swords. Right, there's a whole galaxy, and that's kind of what this show's
0: been about, is showing that there's a whole galaxy of other people and other races.
2: It doesn't always have to be Jedi and Sith. And the impact of Palpatine's takeover affecting more than just the balance of the Force. Right. I've really, really enjoyed the... uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but just the...
0: Rise of power that, that the Empire is getting in this series, because obviously they were mm-hmm. they were powerful before, but they I feel like they still held the facade that they were a democratic empire, if you will. I mean, that that yeah, that's not necessarily democratic, right. but that, that the planet still had a say in things. And this series yeah. <laughs> yeah. is showing us that, like, the Empire is you don't have a say in anything. The Empire runs. It's, everything It's
2: basically feeding the corruption of the Senate so that all these wealthy senators are yeah just being being satiated by like oh yeah they're taking care of me so obviously everyone else should be taken care of and they don't care about the the little people which i mean like i wonder where that could be happening yeah
1: i think a lot of it is the false hope of democracy and keeping that face alive and keeping everyone satisfied Mm -hmm.
0: right there's and there's so many there's so many similarities between andor and and like current events you know there's there's woke people and there's not woke, woke AF. people in this series. <laughs> Mon Mothma is woke AF. Oh, her husband, not so much. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I, I'm I'm really I, I agree with you. This, this series has been really good as far as just diving into the nitty gritty of Star Wars, and uh, it's 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 been a good ride. So before we get too far into it, though. Um, I do want to go over the synopsis in the beginning of the the whole thing because that's that's what we do. Justin likes that I write the synopsis. Oh, yeah. Let me... I'm going to... I do want to read the... Because, listen, IMDb really fails with their synopses of these shows. So, I'm going to... We're going to do a little comparison here. (laughs) (laughs) So, IMDb says, The Empire catches up to Cassian, but are as yet unaware of his identity and past. That's their synopsis right now Questme's synopsis is a little more upbeat right here we go now that the dust has settled and the action has died down we're getting a glimpse of how desperate the empire is to gain back the control they may have lost in narkeena 5 andor has been sent to the raft Deidre's face is as pursed and clenched as ever mon mothma has more dinner parties and luthan meets with someone just as paranoid as him
1: on the Much head. Better. <laughs> way better.
0: <laughs> so this episode directed by Toby Haynes. He's done episodes of Utopia, Doctor Who, and Black Mirror. And it's written by Bo Williman, Williman, who wrote many, many episodes of House of Cards and the Ides of March. So uh, very political. Uh, be- very political writer, I feel like, in a way. I've only watched a, a few episodes of House of Cards, but I feel like it's a very political show um, that has a lot of kind of spy feelings to it. Um, Maybe not spy as much, but just like that espionage. Yeah, espionage, that that dirty, like working from below kind of thing.
1: So let me ask you a question. Who's in charge of like saying which directors are taking what episodes? Because whoever that is, is a genius.
0: I believe it's Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy is the showrunner. And so he's the one that's, he's always in the writing room. He's always in like there when it's getting made. Um, but he kind of divvies out the different directors. So each show has a different showrunner. This one is Tony Gilroy. Obi-Wan was uh, Deborah Cho. And mm-hmm. she, I don't think she directed the whole thing. I, I, I might be mistaken there.
2: Um, but I know that I think she did direct the whole, did thing. She do the whole or, thing, or maybe she took like I think she took maybe one episode off. If she did, but I, I think they were touting that she had directed everything. Okay,
0: and then like with Boba Fett and Mandalorian, those the showrunners are John Favreau and um, whatever his name is, Dave, Dave Filoni. Filoni. But they'll divvy out directors to episodes that they don't want to direct. Like you can always tell which episodes <laughs> are their favorites. Like Dave Filoni directs which episodes he likes, and John Favreau always does
2: like. The season premiere or season finale, mm-hmm. and then like you have Robert Rodriguez and Bryce Dallas Howard who will come in for like one or two episodes as well. Exactly. Um, so th- it just kind of, just kind of depends on what the showrunner wants to do. And I feel like
0: Deborah Chow was the only one that was like, "Nope, I'm doing the whole thing. Screw you guys." <laughs> <It's>. <laughs> which, which she did a good job. I, I still really mm-hmm. like the Obi Wan series. Um, but Andor is slowly, but surely becoming kind of my dark horse favorite uh disney property right now. Um I I still haven't seen Mandalorian season 3 obviously. So <laughs> But be. February
2: 2023. Yeah. It's is that Ever. Is that Mandalorian season 3? I I believe they confirmed that today. I saw it on a couple of different uh what? verified Twitter what? Uh, reliable Twitter sources cuz yeah, they uh they announced that The Last of Us season 1 will be uh January 2023 yep. and then Mando season three is more than likely going to be February 2023. Okay. So back-to-back Pedro Pascal series. And, is...
0: and that The Last of Us looks killer. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, confirming that season three, February 22nd, 2023. Wow. Wow. This came out a day ago. Scar's right, bringing us to the breaking news. That's, that's incredible. It's <laughs> really
1: exciting, though. Yeah.
0: This exclusive comes from making Star net Says the Mandalorian season three premiere date will be February twenty second, twenty twenty-three. Um Wow. So that honestly might change a lot of me's upcoming schedule,
3: to be honest with you.
0: It's time, <laughs> um,
1: baby. So stay tuned
0: there, cause uh I had the whole next like year and a half planned out. And uh <laughs> that might get changed a little bit.
2: Um got to be fluid, got to go with the flow.
0: Yeah, that that's okay. I, I like I like to do that. I thrive on pressure. Um <laughs> the pressure. but let's get back to Andor episode 8, Narكينا 5. I like to call this episode Andor goes to jail because that's essentially what happens. Um <laughs> yep. I love the first scene of this where he's Andor is basically speaking for the audience. I feel like he's speaking for the audience where they're like, you're going to Narkina, Narkina 5. And he's like, what's what's Narkina what's, 5? What's happening? And I feel like Andor is saying, another new planet that we've never heard of? What's <laughs> going on? I have to ask, are you disappointed in the fact that we haven't seen any planets that we've heard of in the past but never seen? But instead we're getting all these different new planets? Scar, let's start with you.
2: Uh first I want to apologize for laughing a, a little bit ago because like when you I, I saw the the title of the the link and Andor goes to jail, like all I can think of now is that he just they should have named Andy Circus's character's name Vern, just just so <laughs> You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> hey Vern <laughs> Perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Um, but to answer your question, no, I'm, I'm not that disappointed in, uh, them just introducing new planets. Like Miami beach planet is cool enough. We only spend like two minutes there. It's not a big deal. Um, I think it's, it's fine. Cause they're, they're establishing these new planets cause they want to do something different with them. They're not trying to just expand on what already exists or that people are familiar with. And overall, it's probably not that important so like why use something that maybe is important later yeah that makes sense justin what about you are you are you like okay with all the new planets coming in
0: instead of seeing some older planets
1: all right this one's a little complicated so I, i'm excited <laughs> about all the new planets but in a long but i i sort of want them to explore those new facets and is let just go a little bit deeper into the the histories and what's going on there and have a little more permanent stakes on them. That being said, I understand why they're hopping around trying to show how aspects of the rebellion are everywhere in the galaxy and with little pockets being formed. So I understand it but I'm okay with it. Okay. All right.
0: I'm I mean I'm indifferent. I, I would love to see Chandrilla I would love to see ord mandrell um and just uh dantooine and just other planets that we've heard of but never really seen um but i'm still holding out hope that eventually we will see those in in the universe i mean we've seen them in clone wars and rebels and stuff like that but never on live action so i, I love i like the new planets I, I'm a big fan of seeing mm. new planets and new species and, and just new like the Miami Beach thing, the, the vacation planet. That's awesome. You know, Flost in paradise. We got a Flost in <laughs> paradise in Star Wars. That's great. Um, but it, it would be nice to kind of just see some something. And, and you know, callbacks to I, I would love to see a scene on Jakku or something. Just some like. Beginning stages of the em- emperor making his, um, his like storage units on Jakku. You know, just kind of giving a little bit of feeling on that, like but,
1: sort of preparing for the long term plan that we all know yeah, what it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It it just, but that's that's the Star Wars fanboy in me wanting to be serviced. You know, wanting these show writers and stuff to to tickle my. Uh, Star Wars balls, if you will say <laughs> and and give me the nostalgia, but at the same time, it's really cool to be introduced to to new things that are working really, really well the The vacation planet, the Las Vegas planet that we saw in the first episode, like all of these have been they're they're really fun, so yes, um, the music as well going with these planets has always changed planet to planet. Um, and this new one where Andor goes to, I, I like to call it the Raft because it really seriously looks like the Raft from the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's mm-hmm. a jail in the water. Um, th- those of you that know Marvel know all about the Raft. Um, but the the whole vibe that you get from the Raft is very seventy eighties 80s sci-fi from the way that they hold the prisoners there the way that the floor shocks them the suits that they wear the way that they eat paste from a tube and (laughs) shit in a little box that comes out of the wall i mean it's it's very very early early sci-fi um i get logan's run vibes a lot from this show and the music really helps with that have you guys been okay with that? because like look Star Wars has always been about that classical John Williams score that's just really uppity, but this whole series has been completely different when it comes to that Justin let's let's so to you.
1: ever like this is the first season where I've been sort of focusing on the soundtrack and the background music. but I agree 100 percent like when you get to the prison and they start playing the track, it feels oppressing. It feels like it's pushing down on you and it's overwhelming. Like, I really dug it. And it it, it was uh, the third time watching it where I'm like, oh, this is so good. Oh, I I feel this way. But it's cool to see that they're actually getting away from the big brass and uh, the orchestra. music.
2: Yeah, for sure. Scar, what about you? I, I agree the the synth score with, in like the minor note is very cool and very uh tone setting and uh yeah I, I was thinking uh, a, a slightly less cheerful robot jocks with the uh the jumpsuits and the the layout of the the prison uh it, it looks like they just took the the robot Jocks set and carved out a couple of nooks for some beds and the, the, I think that was the first time I've ever heard them refer to a toilet as a toilet yeah, right? I think in in Mando, they referred to it as an excavator. Oh, I, d- I don't
0: remember. I I should have went back and looked because I I remember thinking toilet, the, the toilet evacuator. Oh, that's fun. I think it was the
2: evacuator. I, was say, I think you're right. Excavator would be a good. One. I think They're you're both right.
1: Dropping dumps. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they called it an evacuator. Um, but yeah, the 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 score. I one thing I will say is that I have not really noticed the scores in anything that's not Mando with that Western theme. Okay. But um with um with this andor series, um, especially this last episode, I they made sure you noticed the score yeah. and I think that was intentional because they really wanted you to feel that ominous tone of the the prison and uh, kind of take you back to the inspirations behind it.
0: Yeah, um, which speaking of inspirations, I do, like I said, I feel like there's a little bit of Logan's run inspiration here, but I also feel like there's a little bit of that early 2000s classic The Island inspiration mm. here um that movie with ewan mcgregor and scarlett johansson actually i think that was maybe late 2000s but that movie was great if you haven't seen the island go check that out um it, it is a very fun michael
2: bay movie I yeah for, I seen for it michael bay it was movies. released
1: man I, I until you said it and brought it up i'm like oh i forgot about that you gave me a goal to watch tonight <laughs>
0: But, I mean, I guess it's it's probably just the jumpsuits that really remind me of Mm -hmm. that, because it's that that white, just uniform kind of thing going on, you know, like you would get in jail or a prison. Um, But I've I've really enjoyed this this whole look at what an imperial prison looks like and how they actually use the prisoners and abuse the prisoners. And in a way, I I mean, they're keeping them fed. They're keeping them upright they're keeping them working but they're also like punishing them really hard
2: for not completing some ridiculous goals Scar did you have something to, to piggyback off what you're saying I love the fact that the very first time we're introduced to the, like, the Imperial officer on this prison barge he's just like you think we're, we're going to be kind of cruel to you huh but we're showing up to you without any weapons in hand don't you think that's kind of cool And we're going to show you exactly why here in a second and then they shock them and like this is why you're not going anywhere this is why we don't have to carry blasters yeah and i I thought that was really cool and uh just again set the tone really well for the episode
0: right at first when i saw those guys walking down the hall in their super mario brothers boots i was like (laughs) this is a joke right what is happening and then you realize once they shock them into oblivion you're like oh okay these boots actually serve a purpose they're not just, like, there for a fun little show. Um, Justin, what were your thoughts all around on just the the prison in itself?
1: Oh, it was, it, it seemed uh, dystopian. So, same kind of vibe that you're getting up at. Uh, everything was uniform, the same. Everything had a purpose and a place, and it had to fall in line. So, it was interesting to see that and then while watching the prison scenes the whole time i'm thinking and this is bad of me but it's it's way better than the american system they get treated way better they get fed pretty well i guess yeah they get fed they get their exercise i guess they're treated equally and fair ish
2: they get sick time apparently like if you're not feeling well you can just call out of work for the day really You're you're off the line yeah Andy Circus's guy was like, "You feel sick? You're sick. Tell me." And sounds like they'll just kind of take care of it because they'll compensate for for the lack of production. Is what I understood. I missed that part, mm-hmm. huh? But that's hilarious. Like when you're in yeah, prison, yeah. The only you can thing that they out. said was like inexcusable <laughs> was uh, like having a psychotic break and being depressed essentially,
0: huh? Huh. I, I didn't notice that. That's fun, but yeah. I speaking of Andy Circus. Is there any other character and or actor in Star Wars that has... I should say, is there any other actor in Star Wars that has played two main characters? Not that he's a main, main, not that he's a main character in this, but he's definitely
2: got speaking parts and a lot of them. I I saw a tweet earlier this week. Uh, I know Sam Witwer is the one um, where, I guess, technically he's even had three if you want to con- count Force Unleashed oh, stuff. Okay. Uh, but he's the voice of Maul in... Uh, The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And then he's had a couple of minor roles throughout these Disney Plus exclusive series. Okay. Including the Stormtrooper who arrested Cassian in the previous episode.
0: But that's not like a, I mean, he has a little bit of screen It's not a face
2: role. I didn't realize that he was, that that was
0: Sam. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. That's that's awesome. Good Easter egg there. I I've been trying hard not to go watch all the Easter egg videos before we record, because then I feel like I I ruin
2: it for myself. So. Cheated.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you
2: don't want to sound like you're just ripping off other people. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I said I've seen tweets, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's very interesting. But again,
0: it's not like it's not like uh, Andy Serkis here that is this prison leader, and he mm-hmm. also played Snoke in episode seven and eight like
2: that's a that's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I can't think of anyone else that has been that prominent in different roles um but i mean there are some people who have had roles uh, i guess maybe if you want to be real technical about it you could say uh temor morton Timur morrison oh okay sure with all the clones and Warwick davis
1: Warwick davis
2: Oh, it worked. He gets a Davis, cameo yeah. and
1: like all the new stuff now, but he's always in co- in a true. costume or whatnot.
2: But mm-hmm. but it's but again, Andy Serkis
0: because is This isn't a cameo. This is him being like, he's a he's a character. It's a significant role. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I'm uh sending a link to someone really quick, but yeah. So, <laughs> I. I do love Andy Serkis's character though. And I was really excited to see him in this. I was like at first I was like, "Oh, sweet. Andy Serkis, Ulysses Claw, you know, d- director of Venom." And then I was like, "Wait, Snoke? What?" <laughs> How <laughs> <It's> interesting. interesting. <laughs> like, I've seen a lot of fun tweets too where people are saying that this is going to be some ridiculous
2: connection to Snoke later on. <laughs> Oh. I mean, any connection to Snoke is kind of ridiculous after what they did in uh, after- Return of, or Rise of Skywalker. Oh, here's a Snoke
1: yeah. floating in a tube.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: So, since we're still on the whole prison thing. Actually, it's funny. My notes here say, oh shit, Snoke, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to bring up the fact that I was wrong this whole season. I've been talking about the red-haired dude in the trailer and how that was going to be Alan Tudyk and that he was going to be building K2SO when we saw him. Um, I was absolutely incorrect in that theory because we find out in this episode that that is not Alan Tudyk. I actually don't... I don't remember what his name was. I I don't even know what his name is in the show. I looked for him, but I could not find him. Um, And he is he's not they're not making k2 droids in this prison they are what are they're making like bombs or something or like turbines s- or something t- t- yeah Turbine. yeah and and that's that's basically andy circus's character is is guiding them or or instructing them to make these whatever it is they're making that's not k2 so droids which again i was wrong i'm still holding out hope that K2 will show up in this episode and let me tell you right now I've been feverishly looking around to see who plays the voice of Luthen's ship okay because what happens if they <laughs> transfer the consciousness of Luthen's ship into a K2 droid that they capture somewhere right huh huh Think about
2: it. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, I can see it. That's very plausible. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I was wrong too. From the trailer, I thought that the that the prison was actually Camino. I thought that was going to be uh, us revisiting Camino because mm. I, I didn't know exactly how far along in the Empire we were going to be. So I thought maybe we would still be dealing with clone troopers, which it seems like we're at the point where stormtroopers are now the thing, not clone troopers. Right, and this was. This would of been five years this is five years before the
0: Battle of Yavin um and did you did you watch the Bad batch? Yes, so at the end of Bad batch, which was basically directly after episode three that's right, the Camino got destroyed,
2: yeah, so it's sometime within a year afterwards Camino gets destroyed, and the facility's down, yeah, right, so
0: it I would have loved for it to be Camino, like a resurrection of that, like to see. You know, like a underwater prison that's on Camino. That would have been that would have been sweet. But yeah, unfortunately, the Bad Batch destroyed anything (laughs) as far as Camino goes. Um, Show. I swear to God, every episode we 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 have to drop some sort of (laughs) Bad Batch (laughs) bitch fest. Um, Let's just make it
2: a segment. Oh yeah, probably we probably should. Yeah, why not? That's catchy. Or bad, quite a little Bad batch, bitch bash. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Four B.
2: The bad yeah, batch. Yeah, quadruple batch alliteration. alliteration.
0: <laughs> huh. Yeah, I like it. Uh, we'll have to do something when season two of Bad Batch comes out. We'll have to do some sort of review of the whole season. Just, you know, I I will not have to do... watch it again because it's so forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do episodic reviews of Bad Batch again. Um, but. The, the You know, a season review might might be okay. Um, the only thing I remember from the first season was Camino getting destroyed. Um, oh, Obviously, I didn't even remember Omega. that. O- Omega having <laughs> having her <laughs> part and the Rancor. Those are the only things that I remember from that mm. Batch. Oh, yeah, the Rancor. Oh, that was fun. The, oh, yeah, it's so forgettable. <laughs> Andor, on the other hand, is pretty memorable as far as so far. Um, hopefully they they keep it up with with the pace. Um, I I do think that the first six episodes were very 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 action packed, and mm-hmm. now we're we're hitting kind of a wall of information. You know, like they sucked us into this show really hard, and now it's it's more of like a lot of exposition. It's like we're gonna explain basically how the rebellion was started. And the first six, six episodes is the first rebel attack. And then the next few episodes is explaining what the Empire does after that, which is super cool. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of interesting, uh, I, I feel like interesting conversations that go on between Imperials and and their, like, group chats. You know what I mean?
1: What do you got, Justin? Justin. Once you brought that up and did that little analogy, I was thinking George Lucas sort of like as, uh, based the, the fascist empire off of Nazis. Everyone knows that. And then like this event happened and I was comparing it to World War II and I'm like, oh, this is the sinking of the Britannia. It was the it, one spark that ignited all this change in the, the rebellion to truly happen. It caused the empire to lock down on Homeland Defense Act. I love.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: And then, yeah. That's. I guess I don't know my history very well. Oh, I'm a big World War II buff. Is this
0: is this something that happened that caused Germany to buckle down on their own? It's what
1: instigated the UK going against Germany and sort of helped uh, the US get involved.
0: Huh. Okay. All right. Um. I. Again, I'm I'm very bad with history, but I will take your word for it. And I will agree with you. <laughs> um the the robbery of I don't know how many credits they took from the Empire, but it was a lot. It definitely sparked a huge amount of change. You see it in the prison with the prisoners are asking Andor about the the sentencing reform and how everyone's been waiting for t- to hear more news about it. And technically Andor does know A little bit because the lady in the last episode was like well this is normally a six-month sentence but six years so he he kind of experienced it firsthand but I I think it'd be really hard to try and explain that to people that have been in a prison for so long and people that haven't seen any outside news you know
1: see I I sort of got more of a feel that the Empire is taking this port act and keeping it sort of under on the down low away from the common man. So when they actually interact with the the quote unquote justice system, it just smacks them so hard.
3: Sure.
0: And, and it just, and they're leaving it up to the jurisdiction of whoever's in place at that time. Like there's no laws to look back on or, cases to look back on it's whoever's the judge at that time gets to decide what happens with you and if that judge is in a bad mood they might sentence you to six years instead of the recommended six months
1: American justice system
0: exactly it's and again going back to the current events status like like this season or this show has kind of brought the Star Wars universe into the real world a little bit when it comes to how people are treated yeah. You know, I mean, the the last episode with Andor just getting arrested for walking.
1: Andor's <laughs> you know? woke at AF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yes. They are yes. like relating it to current times and current events, and then that I think that's the cooler aspect of the show.
0: Yeah, and and it's it's very Star Trek of them. Dare I say that they're they're doing a little bit more of just kind of relating the real world to our fantasy, which I appreciate a lot. So, um, you know, there's one scene where they're, when they're in prison and they're, Andor's in line and he's watching one of the inmates sign to somebody else, basically. I feel like, I feel like something big is going on there. I can't read sign language. So I have no idea that what, is they're, not sign what they're language. saying. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's like and dancing again. Again, I don't, I don't know sign language, but like this There's, guy is obviously conveying a message to. There's something going his on. Friend.
1: There's all these little cues from the get-go where they had that protocol breach and they had to bring Andor on, and they made a big scene about it, but they brushed by. And then uh, the the very intro scene of how they focused on the African American man, and I just feel like he's gonna play a bigger part soon. And then you're right with the guy with the uh, the body language is what I I, I uh, wrote in my notes. There's there's too many red flags.
3: Well,
0: it kind of makes me think that the the prisoner that jumps out of his cell that was I feel like that might have been a bit of a distraction or something along those lines.
1: Like what kind of a distraction?
0: I don't know. Maybe not a distraction, but uh, just something to. Gauge how reaction time is, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that
2: was a little more planned than just some random guy jumping out of his cell. Which, well, from from what I remember of the episode, I only watched it the one time. Um It sounds like they know the procedure, which the empire is not going to come in and clear that body until after they have already proceeded out for the day. And you, it sounds like they do like a cleaning routine. They clean out everyone's cells and make sure there's no. Uh, paraphernalia or outside contraband, and then they'll take the body and move it because there were a couple guys of like, "Oh man, I'm right next to him, and he's not getting cleared out till morning." Oh, uh, okay, okay. And the floor didn't shut. I, I think by that any was. Means, did it? I don't think so. I think it was just meant to convey to the audience uh, what was going on because I think at that point they had already jumped thirty days, so it was just to kind of show us, the viewer. As like this is what happens when Andy Circus is talking about. You don't sleepwalk, do you? Or just right. the psychotic break. Right. See. Okay. I, I that, got that a little.
1: I got a little bit of a more of a feel like uh, the dead body's on the ground and they tripped the system. So now they made this no- announcement that everybody has to go back to their bunk or cell. So maybe like one person trips the system, takes the hit for the team, and then oh, here's like a a. a a red herring for an a, a, a escape plot or something.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I don't. I don't know if I would buy into that one yet. I. I don't think it, it. could be. I'm not saying it's wrong. It by any means. Um. I think it, they are building towards. Uh. So it. It seems like the structure. To interrupt myself. It seems like the structure has been, uh. Bank heist. And then now we're transitioning to a Prison Break movie. I and I I think we're what we're getting gonna get is them figuring out how to get their hands on those boots, more than anything. Okay. Uh, so like whether it's gonna be like maybe they're, maybe someone is trying to have some sacrificial lambs, and eventually the empire is gonna start having a, a quicker response time and they're gonna jump them and get the boots or and then guard they'll turn off their... the floors or something. Yeah. Um, but like they they clearly. There's clearly going to be something to do with the boots, more than anything, because they they focused on those pretty heavily. Yeah, you know it's it's funny that's the next part of my nose. I haven't watched
0: very many Prison Break uh, properties at all. Like I don't, that's not really my bag. I don't really watch a lot of Prison Break things, um, but I do have a feeling that this breakout in particular is going to be absolutely epic, um, and it's going to be one of those just kind of uh, Deus Ex Machinas where it's like. <laughs> they get to the top, uh, you know, they get out of the jail and they're like, oh, I don't know where to go. And here comes Vel and whoever else flying in to like do their rescue mission. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, look, there he is right there. Let's just grab him real quick. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. How how fortunate.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it, it I think it'll have a little bit of a Star Wars uh, ending to the prison break. Um, if, you know, that happy kind of ending. But there's going to be a lot of mm-hmm. drama that happens in between that, for sure.
2: And look at all these new Rebellion recruits we have. Yeah,
0: exactly. All yeah, these people point. from the prison that, you know, some of them are probably pilots. Some of them are probably infantry and, you know, spies and all that stuff. Like, I'm sure we're going to get some more background on some of these prisoners. Um, and and a lot of them will join the Rebellion. So, um, that's... Oh, you know what? No, one last question about the the prison from me, and then if you guys have any more notes, we'll talk about those. But my last question from the prison is: if you had to eat food out of a tube, what would you prefer
2: to eat? Scarlett start with you. Uh, flavorless goop. I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a picky eater by trade. Like my my diet is mostly like hamburgers uh pizza and chicken fingers so that's, none of those that's sound overly too. appealing <laughs> none of those sound overly appealing from a tube so i think flavorless nutritious goop baby food essentially sounds fine to me justin wouldn't that if you uh, would you take flavor if they want to add flavor yeah
1: oh man all right I, I already know how it tastes and here's my example oh, so our, no. our mutual friend dre or annie Dared me to drink uh, this substance called Jevity, and what it is is uh, it's tube food. So we used to give to people who couldn't orally eat, and they had a tube into their stomach, or directly, or a J tube, and it tastes like cardboard, but but it has all the nutritional values within that you need in a normal, average, balanced diet.
0: It's dis- is it like sp- good like space food?
1: It's it's just bland like milk Ugh. but thicker Ugh. it's it's horrible but it's it's perfect <laughs> for nutrition okay
0: yeah if i had my choice which obviously in a prison from the empire you wouldn't have your choice i would go with just fruit <laughs> just give me like fruit thrown into a blender and and into a tube you know that's that's fine
2: Yeah, I guess if you're thinking like, oh, yeah, maybe it'll be a treat like, oh, yeah, I'd take like a a lemon lime kind of flavor. That'd be good.
1: (laughs) That's their reward for doing a good job is they get flavor. Yeah. It doesn't say what kind of flavor. It's just flavor. Nice
0: citrusy flavor. If you lose the contest of building the most mines, then you get zapped. If you win, you get your favorite
2: flavor of goop.
1: All right. So (laughs) what would your flavor of goop be, Scar?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, think, I, I would go with like a citrusy yeah. taste, I guess, if it was going to be a treat, some kind I, of like I don't know, what orange, I lime, lemon uh, kind of concoction. Would want
1: Boston cream pie or or chocolate mousse cake flavor.
2: Oh, I think chocolate would be torture. <laughs> like God, that'd be way too. You would much. eat too much of it, maybe. Yeah, I
1: could see that.
0: I'd go with some sort of like blueberry or strawberry or something. Yeah, something I think the
1: fruit route. I don't really yeah. ever get sick of fruit.
0: I like my goop like I like my booze. (laughs) Fruity. (laughs) Did you guys have any other
2: uh, comments or any other notes that you had about the prison aspect of this episode? Um, Yeah, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit uh, with some of my stuff, I think, but um, I'm really interested to see even if they just spend another episode in the prison and maybe build up towards the plan for the breakout at the end of the next episode, but... I really want to see like where and how the indoctrination process is affecting some of these prisoners. Cause obviously there's some that don't aren't getting indoctrinated, but like maybe Andy is because he's so close to that finish line. He's less than a year away, but they keep saying like, you're not going to actually get out. So, you know, is, is that hope still gonna keep him from, turning against his captors and his the people mm. who are holding him prisoner or is that going to be something where you can break through and he can see reason still right um so i'm i'm interested to see where that goes if they even decide to go that route right that's that's interesting cuz i think personally in his shoes
0: like andy Sergis obviously probably did something really bad or or maybe he didn't do anything like andor but i feel like he he probably did something that You know he deserved to go to jail and he's like you know atoning for his sins or whatever and he's trying really hard to do his best to lead this group to lead these prisoners to do you know the best work they can so he can get out when he needs to um i wonder how he'll react if they take his his you know parole away basically if they're like oh no no no, we you're still going to be in here for a while um and also i wonder how they how he would react
2: if they start breaking out before he hears any news about that. You know, like what? I think he has a, a traitor vibe to him. Like he'll hear about the plan and maybe turn it in. Right, but then, but then later on realize that they're still going to keep him there
0: past his sentencing.
1: Yeah, increase the sentence. Yeah. Oh, you have two two weeks left. Nah, you you uh, punch this guy in the face five years ago. We're going to give you a year.
2: Huh? Yeah. Or or he'll die doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, essentially. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Netflix Voltron series, but there's a, an yeah. earth based Senator in one of the later seasons where she turns the, the paladins in uh, to Zarkon and then they betray her. So she ends up helping <laughs> them and ends up dying in the act. And it's like, yeah, you only help them because you realize that you'd already done wrong. And you basically, the only way you could be redeemed is by dying. Mm. I need to watch that show. I've heard very good things about Velcro. i I enjoy it a lot. The ending is a little creepy, but the overall I think everything with the last like episode is fantastic
0: i'll have to I'll definitely have to check that out
2: um i
0: I am very curious that that's a very good point that circus could be a a problem later on when they're trying to get out but then he he ends up like you said being a problem for the wrong reasons um Mm -hmm. And that'll that'll be a fun watch for sure. Did you guys have any other notes about the prison stuff?
1: No, we covered it. And I'm just glad you brought up how the the funny business or the weirdness was going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And we'll definitely see more of that funny business in the next episode, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So the next... There's (laughs) basically like three stories in this Episode three main stories. Obviously, we get like a little bit of Luthen, and we get a little bit of Vel, and a little bit of Ferrix, um, the planet Ferrix with Andor's adopted mother and stuff like that. Um, but the next biggest part I feel like of this episode is Cyril and Deirdre's adventure. Cyril and Deirdre's big adventure. Um, <laughs> it, this is kind of like the beginning of it, you know, D- Cyril. Cyril has said let's just first off by saying Cyril has sent 5 I'm sorry no 6 false inquiries to the upper management of where wherever the F he is in his office space office job. Um I I think I think he might end up being a little bit more than a peon by the end of this series because of his determination. He's very very determined. To find Andor and he's gonna do it I feel like no matter what the cost is I mean he and man he is all about the Empire right he has that first meeting with Deidre and at at the end of it he's just like I was a good officer I could I could be an asset and just kind of get shot down so the more the more that I watch this the more I think it's gonna go two ways he's either going to become a high-ranking officer in the Empire, like something will happen where he'll lead them to Andor and to the Rebels and he'll become high-ranking, or he's going to get completely shunned by the Empire and he's going to become a bounty hunter. What?
1: <laughs> you
0: don't like that, Justin? No. I was all <laughs> bored
1: of the, the first one. I'm like, yeah, he, he could be some badass in the Empire but it, like I, I would not go the bounty hunter route no i would say like like uh initially my my theory of how he'll be battered and belittled to the point where he starts to despise the empire and becomes a rebel
0: okay all right you i can see that too i just i mean he's got so much drive you know he's just got so much determination to find this one person that it's if he gets good at that, then why wouldn't he become a bounty hunter? He can make a lot of money that way. I mean, he's not trying to impress anybody obviously he you can tell he hates his mom, and <laughs> whoever his uncle is is not his best friend like he you know he could go he could go full on rebel but but a rebel in the sense of rebelling against both sides and working for whoever will give him the money scar what did you what did you have?
2: Uh, I was going to say, I, I kind of agree with what Justin said, where I think he's either going to start seeing the the cracks in the, the empire's law flaw uh, processes. And he's going to be like, well, I mean, the they're clearly not what they aspire to be or what I, I had envisioned them to be, but I think they're setting him up to be the big bad for season two. So I think he will become a high ranking officer mm. and that okay. he will still be hunting Cassian throughout season two. Leading into what would be what will become Rogue One, um, so I, I think that we'll see him rise up through the ranks towards through the rest of the season, yeah. and then by the time season two picks up, we'll see him uh, maybe even running his own Star Destroyer at that point. That'd be cool.
0: And look, I him being a bounty hunter is just high hopes because I love <laughs> bounty hunters. He's really <laughs> like
1: Dangar's he, son,
0: dude. That <laughs> so I had that thought earlier that maybe he's Dangar. <laughs> By the end of it, he just changes his name to Dangar and puts. He gets like his eye knocked out and puts some like wrap on his face. It but, would be cool, but not. But um. no, I I I I agree with Scar a little more that he would more so go in in the ranks. Like I said, him being a bounty hunter is just high hopes as a Star Wars fanboy that we get to see like the bounty hunter guild or something. Um, There's a dog. Sorry. But. Oh, it's fine. Fun. It's funny because you said there's a dog, and I look over and I'm like, no, that's a cat. But <laughs> 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 so my cat just walked into the room too. Um, but anyway, Cyr- Cyril is clearly going to be a problem, whether or not it's this season or next season. He's definitely going to be some sort of issue, um, and he's got the attention of his superiors now. Like cl- you know, he's Deidre's watching him and she said you know in in one particular scene she's like if you send this to anybody else you'll talk to someone other than me and i almost can bet that he's going to keep sending those false inquiries and get to talk to whoever her boss is and just move up the ranks until he can finally talk to someone although that kind of leads me into my next point because in that big isb meeting um they hi here's a cat hi, Trev. <laughs> Yeah, she, see she's got her own chair right here because if i if i don't give her her own chair she'll just hop onto my
2: lap so she likes to make her presence known that's half the reason why i don't sit in my usual office chair is because my cat needs my chair <laughs> he will interrupt he'll interrupt my work day and be like uh, i need to sit in my chair now and i'll have <laughs> yeah. to take like a 20 minute break you're like fine i guess um
0: it's good to see you too, Trev. It's, it's great. No, <laughs> 006. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, so, where where was I here? I was talking about uh, Cyril Figgis. Cyril meeting up with uh, Deidre's... Oh, the, the ISB, uh... that meeting. The ISB meeting. Because mm-hmm. Deidre finally, like, brings that information up in the meeting. Did Do you guys get that the Empire really just doesn't like women? Because... This whole meeting room I mean, is full of men. She's like the only woman there. And it seems like every time she tries to, tries to bring
2: something up, they're just shooting her down. I think it's supposed to show more of the bureaucracy of everything. And uh, I can't remember the the guy who runs their ISB meetings because uh, I think we were introduced to his superior in this episode where she's like presenting her case and he's just kind of like doodling in a pad yeah, or something. Yeah, he's
0: like, I'm listening
2: yeah uh so like that guy's underling who is deidre's boss and runs their meetings i think he's trying to show her off in a way yeah but he's he's just completely uninterested in these what he's assuming is like minor cases that she sees the bigger picture of and she's presenting this information and he's just kind of like no you're wrong because there's no there's no way the empire could let that happen so she's she's seeing the puzzle where this guy's not even looking at the table and both literally and figuratively.
0: I'm trying to find out who that is. I think, um, I think Michael Sinclair, or Malcolm Sinclair is playing Colonel Eularen, which is Deidre's boss who sticks up for her, which is mm-hmm. a wonderful scene. Cause yeah, that, that whole time that guy's just not listening to her.
2: Yeah. And then, um, where I was trying to go before I ta- tailed off and trying to figure out who is playing who and who's boss um, maybe I, I think you can see a little bit of misogyny in the Empire I don't know if it's necessarily as visible here but I one person that I'm still really waiting on seeing in live action is Ray Sloan oh. I, I don't know if we'll ever see her in, in live action just because now we have Ray from nowhere and now Ray Sloan like, names are spelled differently I believe hers is R-A-E but it is. Grace Sloan is another high-ranking official that by the end of the Battle of Jakku, she is one of the founding members of the First Order. I
0: wonder how old she would have
2: been in this. Like, I wonder how old she was in the Battle of Jakku. Because
0: the Battle of Jakku is only 10, was, 15 years after this?
1: I thought it was 9 years after uh, Yavin.
0: No, well, Return of the Jedi is like six or seven years after Battle of Yavin. And then Jakku battle is like very shortly after Return of the Jedi.
2: Yeah.
0: She might still be in the Academy, but she, she would be okay. rising up the ranks pretty so quickly. She, she'd still be in the empire right now. I, I'm just, I'm I'm mm-hmm. thinking that it would be close enough to where she would be very low ranking. Oh, that'd be a mm-hmm. really cool cameo. They, they have brought in some characters from the aftermath series for sure. Um, I mean, Mandalorian had... Oh, my God. Timothy offense, character, whoever he played. God, I can never remember his name. He had the... Bo- Cobb? Cob, no, Cobb Vance. Cobb Vance, yes. Thank you. Holy shit, thank you. Um, but he was introduced in the Aftermath series, and that was super cool. Um, and then, like, uh, the First Order leader, his his dad... Um, Hux. The Weasley brother. Yeah, Hux. Yeah, Hux's Hux. Hux's dad was, was introduced in the aftermath series as well if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. yeah so. he's
2: a he's a big fat piggy
0: boy yeah yeah um you, I, you know that and the Andor is definitely a really it's a really well put together show but there has to be a time i feel like star wars always does some sort of fan service and some sort of um you know they give they give you some sort of character that you're wanting to see and I'm, I'm still wondering who that character is going to be, whether or not it's Ray Sloan or someone from the books, even the current books, or if it's someone from the expanded universe, or it's someone from the original trilogy, like Tarkin, or one of those other uh, generals or lieutenants. Thrawn! Like, I'm, More Thrawn! Give I'm, me. Trying not, I'm trying not to jinx it, because again, I, with Luthan being a collector of the things that he collects... Thrawn is a is a very real possibility to come into something, um, and and be like, on their tail, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's right in the time of rebels. It's it's this runs parallel with the rebel show, and it's, it's very possible that y- there's there's been some time jumps now that, it's possible, man. It's it's <sighs> we could see the blue man show up himself eventually and i would be so stoked see i, I feel but like I, uh,
1: the the fan service character is gonna be alan in k2
2: well
0: that last this episode. season for sure yeah this season for sure um and I, i'm glad i finally got you on board with that thank you that's that's great it's taken what six episodes now for you to finally get on board with the k2 theory <laughs> i
1: dig it especially uh, i think i'd
2: love if they're just if they're doing a fan service moment i think i would love for them to confirm mary elizabeth winstead as harris and doula oh, yes, i would love queen. that like have have her show up at the very end to have luthan like introduce everyone be like welcome to the rebel alliance sorry if you heard my cable there and uh have mary mary elizabeth winstead show up as Hera. i think that's that's the one thing i if we're doing fan casting and fan hopes that that would be what i'm looking for that's awesome i that's like a that a lot
0: um wow geez now i'm now i'm like Ooh, i'm just thinking a, about that and how cool that would be <laughs> holy cow you got me all distracted Spe- speaking
1: of rebels i found an easter egg in rogue One. one uh, oh that i was watching did you see chopper go, go yes by? i saw chopper <laughs> and you could hear oh him, yeah and I was okay all giggly because it's my uh partner's favorite character and i was like I yeah that's chopper oh it
2: is chopper! i love it the- <laughs> that little murder machine. I love that Dave Filoni described him as the, the house cat for <laughs> the Rebels crew. <laughs> it's so true.
0: It's funny because uh, there's theories. Nobody knows who voices Chopper. There's, oh, it's Dave Filoni. Yeah, and I I think... the Did he confirm that? Because the theory has yeah, always I been think, Filoni.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he confirmed it. Okay, okay. I, I
0: knew... The last time I knew it was nobody had ever... Knew like he was never mentioned. The voice was never mentioned, so the theory was always Dave Filoni. I'm, I'm glad that he finally came out and admitted it.
1: Chopper um, is by far like my favorite droid now. After rewatching Rebels, <laughs> I'm like Chopper's <laughs> the shit. He's sassier. You he can actually understand what he's trying to say.
0: Rebels was just such a superior cartoon, and in, yep. in mo- like Clone Wars had its moments. It was great. Right, but it it was just too long. It ran its course for way too long. Rebels was short, sweet to the point. Had awesome drama. Had awesome characters. Awesome like character building, and it just ten times better than Resistance. Twenty times better than Bad Batch, and I, it will always be my favorite Star Wars car- cartoon. I, you can't change my mind.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um. Yes. Thank you a lot of people don't agree with that a lot of people i like the clone wars and like the those last four episodes of the clone wars in season 7 are masterpiece level like they're fantastic right. but uh rebels just had something going for it and uh like I, I know some people don't like the the expansion into the inquisitors and some people don't like the things they did with the inquisitors like today i tweeted a thing uh about someone getting upset that they the the inquisitors are able to use their hel- the their lightsabers as kind of like gliders and they're like oh I you can't that. use it as a helicopter blah 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 like well they don't and also this this tv show based in a far off galaxy set <laughs> millennia in the past about space wizards with laser swords that can manipulate the force. germs in your blood and in the air to move things i'm sorry that's not scientifically accurate for you i saw that post that was
0: hilarious Something about go be Bill Nye or uh Neil Degrasse Tyson. Oh yeah, Tyson, Neil de- if, be a you... be a
2: wetter blanket than Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like it's Neil wonderful. deGrasse Tyson,
2: great scientist, but the man needs to stay away from my entertainment because he just cannot stop being a wet blanket about things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um
0: so let's God, we're we're going pretty pretty long. <laughs> Way off course. We're going pretty long here. Um which is which is fine. I love I love these conversations. But there were just other scenes that i wanted to talk about but i wanted to finish up with cyril and deirdre's adventure because again I, I think that they're gonna partner up here soon um how are you guys feeling about Deirdre? are you do you like her as much as i do i love her now like sure even though she's got that rbf like crazy and and she's just she's imperial all the way i really really like deirdre how how do you guys feel about her do you like her As much as i do or are you on the fence about her like i i've seen some things about just like some of her facial expressions turn a lot of people off from her and i'm i'm starting to really enjoy those because it really portrays her like imperialistic attitude you know justin let's start with you
1: first off is she like a a dominatrix for you
2: (laughs) she's so serious
1: I love that I, face. She's making a resting bitch face that Josh, whatever. I mean,
2: <laughs>
0: I'd, you'd be punished. I let, let her, I would let her interrogate me. We'll say that. I'd let her interrogate me. No, Deidre's <laughs> grown on me.
1: I, I've, I've, I really thought she was going to be the rebel mole within the ISB, but the more I see her um, over the episodes is just be more inquisitive and Try to find uh the bigger picture, like you uh, mentioned earlier, but she's just slowly growing on me. I think she's going to yeah. become more of a badass as she progresses her character.
0: You're going to find out her real name is Ray Sloan.
2: Is what's going to happen?
0: <laughs> what about you, Scar? What do you What do you a think? A lot of really
2: upset people. Then <laughs> <laughs> she's, no she's supposed to be a black woman. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Oh, that's right. Oh, how can I forget that? Um, what about you? Are you? How do you feel about Deidre? And
2: and her character she, arc and everything going on with her. I wouldn't say I like her, but she is very intriguing. I I'm I'm very interested to see where her journey takes her and what happens with her. Just because I do think that Cyril is someone that could easily turn on her and like maybe she does become a rebel sympathizer because of other men uh rising above her. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that I would say I like her, but that's because I, I'm very much a good is good, bad is bad. I don't like the bad guys kind of viewers. So uh, with her being so far the bad guy and maybe being the one bad guy that's going to crack this case open and start going after our heroes, I, I wouldn't say I like her. But I am very interested in seeing how she rises through the ranks and how she becomes heard. That that makes sense. I, I don't know. I, I like both sides. Is you know it,
0: I like Vader, but I also like Skywalker. So uh, I like Deirdre but I also like Andor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what are you gonna say, Justin? I, I might be foresh- over over foreshadowing, but I got a sort of sense of that Deidre's master plan may backfire or, uh, backfire on her from this meeting, because it all pivots on Andor, and they don't know where he is, and he's in jail under another name. Like, I really do feel like it's gonna blow up in her face
0: which you know I I get it this was in a galaxy far far away long ago but we have facial recognition here. Why wouldn't they have facial recognition in the Star Wars universe where they have holograms and space wizards why don't you know? they have an iPhone? it
2: wasn't invented in the because 19... <laughs> it wasn't invented in the 1970s Should't everyone
1: have a computer on them? Or uh, in okay. There are <laughs> all
0: right, all right, all right. My my bad, my bad. I I won't bring that up again. I get it. It, <laughs> it, it okay. All right. Um. Ha, one one last question on on this side, and it's about Cyril, and his false inquiries. Because I really enjoy that he sent so many already in his first month of working there. He's already sent six. Um. And Deidre at one point says, you know, next time it won't be me that, that comes and talks to you. How many false inquiries do you think it would take to, to get the emperor to talk to you? <laughs> to, for him to come down and be like, listen, dude, we are all really sick of this. Okay.
2: <laughs> I just picture uh, it would a robot ha- chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have to be in the robot chicken universe for that one to happen, which is fine. Uh, I, would, I think he would. I would say 100 over under 10. I think he'd be killed by. T- I think he'd get killed by the 10th one. <laughs> yeah. they would just be like, dude, you're fired. And oh, whoops, you accidentally got a blaster shot in your way because someone was running by. <laughs> you're right. The Empire is pretty ruthless. They probably would kill him after 10. I feel like Deidre was about to kill him after this five.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh I didn't get that. Yeah, if if she, if she didn't see a, a, a value in what he was trying to do, then, yeah, he, he would already be, be gone. Fired. But she's Again, she's the one reading between the lines and thinking outside the box, and so she's like, maybe this is worth looking into. Right, which is, her boss has been all about that, like calling out
0: all the other Imperials last week, talking about, you guys haven't, if, if you guys all thought outside the box like Deidre does, maybe we'd be farther along with this case. And so I I think he's I, I like him a lot as well her her uh, lieutenant or whatever um, he, he's commander. growing on me a lot commander sure. yeah um, so let's see let's see let's see I think we could cover we most other things in segments yes but like I was saying I think we could cover that one in segments yeah because um, there wasn't a lot with Mon Mothma. She basically just has a dinner party and kind of talks about... um, Not really a lot. Justin, are you still yeah. bored with Mon Mothma?
2: No. I love
1: it. I love her. It, it, I think I admitted that last episode. I'm like, oh. The prior, I'm like, she's fucking bored. Why do you even
0: have you her did. as a you, you were saying last episode, you didn't want to see another scene of Mon Mothma because you were so bored. Yeah,
1: I love her now. Like, my, my, I, she'll, she'll come up in one of my clips. But I, like, I don't okay. know if it was, it, we'll, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I'm team Mon Mothma.
0: What about you, Scar? How are you feeling about Mon Mothma and her, just her
2: espionage ways? I, I've been all in on her since the, the series started and I found out that she was going to be in it. I was like, hell yeah, more Mon Mothma. We, we need more uh, of this insider detail with the senate and uh we get a little bit of her her fall from the senate to uh the being a full-on rebel leader in rebels but I, i do like seeing these like building blocks that lead to that and uh i think this episode was kind of just a rehash of the previous episode where she's essentially recruiting her banker to fund her her money in a different way and then this episode, we've got verification that, like, oh, he can do it, but he can't do as much. Or they've been cut off after 30 days because they're starting to suspect something. Right. Um, which Mon's husband does not like the banker,
0: which is... Hilarious. Oh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of
2: a jealous husband kind of thing going on, and he's yeah. afraid his cushy life is getting a little uh, threatened. Yeah,
0: again, it's like the you're seeing the split between Mon Mothma and her family, and the split between Mon Mothma and the Empire, and just her whole story has been a lot of fun to watch. Justin, what you got?
1: So I, there's a very brief scene where they talk about their their planet's culture and when they were married, and it just seems Shandrilla. Yeah, shit, thank you. But they were married at 15. Like, how yeah. Do you, how what? do you even know someone who's 15? That's some
0: real Game of Thrones <laughs> shit right there. Yeah. Like I was a senator at sixteen and I was married a year before that. <laughs> what
1: Yeah, but it's <laughs> starting know. it's starting to make sense of their relationship and how they're so untrusting of each other.
0: Well, it's it's also like it's very reminiscent of Amadala, of Padme, and how she was such a young senator and I feel like the young leaders are the ones to bring all the change because they still stay in their young mindset of being kind of free and stuff like that. Whereas like you get these old time senators that are just there for the money and they're just there to try and fill their pockets however they can. And so Mon Mothma has carried that into her adulthood and carried that like 16 year old freedom kind of mentality into where she is now. And her husband is not agreeing with her and just kind of trying to get her to, you know, knock it off so they can just keep making money and living this, you know, lavish lifestyle that they love to live. So it has been fun to watch how headstrong she is. And Genevieve O'Reilly does a great job um, portraying Mon Mothma. And, and I, I, I feel like she's had to have gone through and read all the books. <laughs> because she is exactly how I've always imagined Mon Mothma to be since reading the Expanded Universe books way back when. I've always imagined her to look, sound, act, and and be basically exactly like O'Reilly's portraying her, and it's been a treat to watch for sure. I do want to say, I'm sorry, hey, Roy, intrepid DM, and it it's great to, to see you dropping in. Um but did you guys have any other things with Mon Mothma to, to dive into at all, Scar? Sorry. I
2: was just going to piggyback off what you were saying. Um, Genevieve, O'Re- Genevieve O'Reilly, is that her name? I believe, I believe I said that right. I could be wrong. I know it's Genevieve. I'm forgetting the last name, though. Um, I just find it fairly incredible that so. she essentially got cast for a cameo in Revenge of the Sith, uh, just based on her appearance, and now she's gotten to build the character and flesh it her out more than uh, even the original actress did in um, Return of the Jedi, and yeah. uh, I or was it yeah it was Return of the Jedi, um, and so it it's just kind of incredible to me that she just has had this opportunity to grow the character and flesh her out even more so, uh, just from twenty years ago getting cast just because of how she looked into getting a full on. Role and uh, a major storyline in a, right. a Star Wars and it's, series, and it's it started awesome. with, Started with Clone Wars too, because um, mm-hmm. she was the
0: voice of Mon Mothma in Clone Wars. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Forest Whitaker. He was the voice of Saw in Clone Wars, and then got to quote unquote grow up to be the live action Saw in both Rogue One and this show. Um, so before we get into the Saw scene, <laughs> scene Saw Saw scene. Um, sure. Justin, did you have any it. other notes on Mon Mothma at all?
1: Uh, nothing. I won't cover later on.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, and the, this I just wanted to cover the Luthen and Saw scene. Scene saw. God, I'm. That's gonna mess me up the whole time. <laughs> um, but I wanted to cover that scene before we got into the segments. So I'm stoked, by the way, to <laughs> Seesaw Huh. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'm excited it's like a little late for you. <laughs>
0: I'm excited to uh, to see Forrest Whitaker portray Saw Guerrero once again in the Star Wars universe. I think he does a wonderful job. And it's awesome mm-hmm. to see him just starting to kind of slip into the madness that is Saw Gerrera in Rogue One. Like he has a very... I know, and, and I know we'll dive into this more in segments. But he's very, very paranoid already. Um, but in, in more of a, um, what's the correct word? He's he's paranoid in the right way, in this show. Whereas in Rogue One, he's just freaking lost it. By then, he's he's breathing out of a tube. He he only has one eye. He's all messed up. So it's really cool to. Um, see saw in this show with just in, in better health than normal, you know, and just kind of seeing that he actually does have a, um, a motto. He, he has a an idea. He is his own person. You know, um, Justin, what, what were your thoughts of of this whole scene between um, Saw and Axis Luthen?
1: Uh I love seeing good old slanty eye.
0: <laughs> he doesn't have the slanty eye in this one though. He's good in That's this CGI one. That's CGI. That's
1: CGI. No, all, all seriousness, I, I think he's a. Forest Whitaker is a, a wonderful actor, but I love seeing him portray Saw. And you're right. Like you, you, you know, the end goal is this. see now, paranoid old man who's banged up and dusty from whatever x what happened but i'm super excited and like now that we see him healthy like you say and undamaged i would really want to know what what happens to him to make him this vader-esque character of the rebels
2: yeah what about you scar how 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 are you feeling about saw right now Uh, i was genuinely surprised i i totally had no idea that he was going to show up in this uh i enjoyed the scene a lot um i didn't fully understand what they were talking about in terms of the the heist that they were referring to like they were trying kind of playing like chicken of oh you you had to have pulled this off because i sure didn't and you would only say this if you pulled it off but you're telling me that you didn't pull it off so therefore you you did it is just this big like quadruple negative of like you didn't do not do it (laughs) and uh so like i i I wasn't quite following what was going on until they got to the actual point of their meeting uh but overall i i really enjoyed the scene and uh to justin and your point uh seeing saw in more lucid and not quite as broken at that point and just weary uh was really really good to see and kind of the the righteousness that he feels for him his idea of the rebellion too like he he goes off on this rant about which we'll talk about more in segments he he's going off about how all these different factions are kind of like it's kind of like catholics and lutherans and latter-day saints and uh, like just everything that says like we're, oh we're, we're christians but we have differing beliefs or we have differing values within that structure and that's kind of how he feels about other people within the rebellion where he's he's got this pure idea of what freedom is and what fr- what freedom is and what the rebellion is and you have all these other people who are basically like oh we've been inconvenienced so we're going to be rebels until we get what we want right and he he's very uh prejudiced against those kind of people um yeah he i my notes in my notes i say
0: saw was a rebel before it was cool <laughs> um, and he he really likes to label everyone else as being lost and he has labels for everyone like anyone that that uh, luthan brings up he's like separatist neo-republican sectorist human cultist what is it galaxy partitionists like he's got Mm -hmm. all these different names for for all these different people um and he claims he thinks that he's the only one with a purpose right which really, really describes why Saw is the way he is, because he really thinks that his way is the right way. Um, you know, I, it could be paranoia. It could be the fact that he's just a straight anarchist, which in some ways is good, but in some ways is bad. Um, I like to think that he's just been in a battle for so freaking long that he doesn't really know which way is up anymore. Justin, He
2: can't discern allies from enemies anymore. Right. Justin what you got
1: So, are you saying he you're getting more sense of that he's uh jaded or like when I was viewing the scene I got a more a better sense that he's selfish
2: I think he's more like gatekeeping the rebellion where he's he's kind of like you don't you don't know who this person is well then how can you say you're a rebel he he's kind of doing that sort of thing but instead of it being um about, like, a person or a fact. It's more like, well, you haven't been oppressed or you haven't been fighting as long as I have. You're not fighting for the same reasons I am. Therefore, you're not truly a rebel and you're not really part of the Rebel Alliance. Which,
0: what a great analogy to Star Wars fans. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, you don't know who Yaddle is? You're not a Star Wars fan. (laughs) You know, like, what that, and that's perfect. What a great way to describe that because he absolutely is gatekeeping the rebellion like even though all these other people are joining up to battle the Empire he still thinks that he's the right one that his way is the right way and so he doesn't like to team up with anybody so I, mm. I love that that analogy slash description of of saga rare I, I not don't, I don't think we should even continue to talk about this anymore <laughs> we just need to end it on that did you guys have any other notes from this episode that we that we have to
1: talk about before we get into segments?
2: Uh not before segments, no. We got
1: an argument for you.
2: Uh-oh, here we go.
1: Since Seattle is now in Tales of the Jedi, you better know who she is. I haven't watched it
0: yet. I haven't watched Tales <laughs> oh, of the Jedi so yet. I'm so sorry. so good. Yeah, it's I, wonderful. I love I've it. I've heard great things. Um I just, you know, uh our good friend Jesse from uh, Open Pike and Sudden But Inevitable asked about Tales of the Jedi today in our group chat, and I was like, Oof, honestly, I haven't watched
2: it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I haven't replied to it. <laughs>
2: yeah, if, so, if you're liking the political stuff in Andor, uh, Tales of the Jedi really expands on a lot of that.
0: Really? Okay. I need to check it out. I meant to watch some of it today, but then I got busy, you know, getting ready for this amazing show.
1: I'm so. gonna, I'll, I'll give you two syllables about uh, Tales of Jedi, Dooku.
0: i got a dooku for you um so with that being said uh we are going to move on to our segments for the week uh this has been a great conversation this has been a wonderful podcast um and it's gone on for a little bit longer than normal and that's great i I always love when we have good conversations that can can go on for a while but that being i'm sorry for the earnest goes to jail side (laughs) tangent i'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. It's great. So, we're going to start off this week's segments with... It is the Sarlacc Killer scene, the part of the show where we choose our favorite still shot of each episode so this week we're gonna start with scar his shot comes in at the 20 minute and 39
2: second mark go ahead and tell us about this shot so this is after cassian has been introduced to or i guess keith in this situation uh he has been introduced to the workshop floor of the prison and he this is the moment after he has seen what the workshop is doing He's realizing that he is now in this prison. He has no idea how he's getting out. And as he's turning away from the shop and he's just looking at the environment, you can just see this wave of everything washing over him. He's trying to figure out how he can maybe escape. He's trying to figure out maybe how he can get in contact with Luthen. He's trying to figure out how he can watch and learn quickly enough so he's not going to get shocked again. And he, like, just everything is just washing over his face and props to um oh god how am i forgetting his name diego luna um diego luna yes i i knew that i was just (laughs) i'm so invested in that look on his face uh props to diego luna this is some fine face acting right here because you just see it all and it just the concern the worry the how the hell am i getting out of this how the hell did i get into this it's all there on his face right there I I agree. This is an excellent shot because it's it's the realization that Andor's
0: having that he's effed, he is like absolutely screwed right now,
2: and he has no idea how it even happened. He's retracing his steps, rethinking like, oh man, if I just did not leave that weird doctor planet, maybe I'm not here now.
0: Yeah, seriously, that's an excellent excellent pick. Thank you for that one, um, Justin. Your pick. Comes up at the 30 minute and 36 second mark. Why don't you tell us about this one?
1: Oh, I'm so glad uh, Scar went first because that was a good segue into this. This shows like the depravity of how he just caved to conformity. He is a hamster on the wheel in the cage just by sucking down his goop. It's flavorless goop. And like
0: flavorless,
1: <laughs> like to me, in this like <laughs> this angle, you could sort of see a face, and he's like, it looks bitter. It's uh defeat, and he's just caved and conformed. To me, like yes, and it, it's just, it's I don't know how to exactly. It's summarize. the indoctrination of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Because this is the thirty-day mark, right? I think he's been in captivity mm-hmm. for thirty days, and so this is him basically like you said, conforming to what's happening. Yeah.
1: He's like, all right, well, here we go. Six years of this. I mean, it takes 21 days to develop a good or bad habit, and at this point, he's, he's in the habit. He's,
0: yeah, he's definitely developing something, that's for sure. But, like, Excellent pick. I, I love this that you get to – we talked so much about the sci-fi look of this show, and this really brings that out. It really brings out the the jumpsuit that they're wearing – the way that they eat, the way that the, the prison is set up, like it's it's a really, really excellent shot portraying that. So great, great. Um I had two shots. Why did you decide. get two? I'm not gonna do two completely. Um but because my shot was I, I my first shot was, was the prison scene it was a prison part uh it it was this guy right here where it's just kind of showing the prison it's it's right before uh the guy jumps out um it's the 40 minute and 55 second mark but it's right before the prisoner jumps out onto the floor to basically kill himself um but because you guys both picked prison scenes shots i decided that i wanted to pick a different shot which is absolutely the one at the 43 minute and 36 second mark where we get mm. to see Saw's uh, seesaw, um, we see his <laughs> guards. <laughs> basically, uh, the the same. That's got to be the same guard from Rogue One. He's got you know there, the there. same outfit, the same look, the same gun, everything. But we also get to see a black X-wing in this, which to me, I X-wings have always been some of my favorite ships, right? Like ever, mm-hmm. and to see this this thing in here it's so different c- compared to other x-wings that that we've seen and i absolutely loved the look of this this is like the beginning 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 stages of the rebellion you know this is like a mini yavin 4 to me and and i, mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed this scene um but again excellent picks guys um i i really really I really enjoyed this episode because you see so much and it's great that we get um, all these different people's perspectives you scar you Justin like all these different people coming in on the show and talking about their different views on what what things look like in this show I love it so thank you guys so much for the pics um, as we have been doing for the last uh, five episodes six episodes of quest me we are letting the guests kind of uh, pick one of the segments. We have three segments. We have Starlight Killer Scene, One Chimers, and Boba's Bounty. This week our guest decided to choose One Chimers yes scar got to choose one timer one chimers this week which is great because i love this segment um it's it's one of my favorites that we do throughout the entire network of twist my arm um we've done we have death quote in sudden but inevitable we had um in in the firefly show we did our quote and all that good stuff so i i love these um and let's keep the the trend going with our guest starting the segment off so we're gonna do scars one timer
1: I'm a coward I'm a man who's terrified the Empire's power will grow beyond the point where we can do anything to stop it I'm the one who says we'll die with nothing if we don't put aside our petty differences Pity
3: I am the only one with clarity of purpose
0: tell us about that, that and it was a little bit longer of a one timer than than no, I, that's not true i always pick like 30 second to a minute one timer <laughs> so uh,
2: well the original time step i gave you was longer but uh i i figured that the the main thing i wanted was uh Luthien saying that he's a coward uh, among other things just the the way he delivers the word coward you can hear his voice cracking because he knows there's truth in it because he's not the one on the front lines he's he's playing a different game and he's got pawns where he's not necessarily on those front lines putting his life on the line directly and uh it also plays on what we were talking about earlier where saw also has this piousness to him where he thinks that his rebellion cause is the right one and the pure one where everyone else is just kind of hopping on the bandwagon now that the The empire is putting that stranglehold on there, but it's mainly for me, the coward line, because everything you need to know about the rebellion is there, uh, the cause for the rebellion. And there's a little bit of modern political spectrum in there too, where there, there's segments of people, myself included that feel like we're going into a very dangerous territory. And as a cisgendered white man, I'm kind of like, do I have to do anything? I know I should. But they're like that's that coward line too of that's a cowardly thought. You need to stand up for what's right, and you need to do it how you can. And so, like, yeah, it's not necessarily Star Wars centered, but it hit me in the feels with that one.
0: Well, and that's kind of the best part about this show is not only is it fantasy and it's Star Wars, but it's so relevant to real life in so many different ways. That's that's been one of the standout parts of this show is is how they can. Make make it relevant and uh, and yeah that that's that's an excellent pick that was honestly that was gonna be one my one chimer um, if someone else didn't pick it it was gonna be that that conversation between um, saw and luthan so excellent excellent pick justin you are up next with your one chimer
1: excuse me if you will so nice to meet you I'm going to spend more time at this window I promise you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a, it's a Mon Mothma pick. You were so upset about Mon Mothma last week, and here we are. You're picking her as a one-timer? What?
1: Tell us about that. Oh, man. I there's something about this episode of the small little clips of Mon Mothma interacting and putting on her quote-unquote fake political face? Or I loved it. It was actually really entertaining to see the true uh, duality of her personality come out. And just to hear, like, uh, I think this conversation goes back to, like, oh, you should really take this view in for more uh, benefit. And you, you just don't do it. And to see her, like, quippily and cleverly come back, like, I think I will, will do this more often. <laughs> and, yeah, there and, was a lot of sarcasm. But, like, oh, I know, but, like, she played the role so very well. And, like, to yeah. see the political side come out. Like, I've always, she talks a big game, but to actually witness it in her acting, the acting of the acting, the, <laughs> it was wonderful. And, the, yeah. like, on my fourth time watching it, I'm like, hey, she, this is funny.
0: I'm so glad that you're warming up to Mon Mothma one episode <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> I hate because, her. yeah, her, no, 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 I her. <laughs> Her scenes were, were fant- fantastic in this, so it's it's great that, that you picked that one as well. Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see more of Mon Mothma as the series goes on, and even just as Star Wars goes on, because I feel like uh, Genevieve is, is just going to continue playing this role as time goes on. So, All right, one more, and that's going to be my one chimer.
3: It's also clear that whatever this is is more important than the death of two corporate security guards. It could be a valuable asset going forward.
1: Raise the alarm one
3: more time and it won't be me you're speaking to. Forget this happened.
0: Like, she's so sinister and i love the way that she delivers that line just she her she's so angry you know have you ever been so angry like you guys have kids have you ever been so like just beyond like upset with something that that your child had done but you can't express that and so you're mouth kind of quivers a little bit when you're trying to explain, like, why are you pissing on the floor? (laughs) That's so right. I feel like she's getting that kind of vibe with Cyril. She's like, I swear to God, if you do this again, you will be grounded for life. And just talking through her teeth, I love it.
1: It's like when your little kid or your child is uh, acting a fool in public. you're like, oh, I beat the shit out of you, but I have to do this in
0: public. <laughs> see, I wouldn't know anything about that, but I figured that that's kid. kind of that's kind of what it's like, right? <laughs> uh, I can
2: totally see that that vibe from from that discussion. I didn't see it that way originally, but I can see it when you the way you're talking about it.
0: Yeah, and I I just love even the the line before that with Cyril. I wanted to do this whole scene with him because he's trying so hard to make himself relevant. You know what I mean? In, in this situation. Um, right right before then, he basically stands up out of his chair after this interrogation and says, I was a good officer. I was a good detective. I got screwed. And I want you to know that. He's, he's and, turned to, oh, God. Oh, and, and basically Deidre's like, I don't care. You're annoying me. Stop it. And it's just another way that Cyril's getting pushed down you know like this this guy is going to explode eventually he's gonna find some sort of clue of where andor is and he is going to lose it and go straight after him with no permissions and and it's gonna be really fun to watch him because right now we're watching his like just fall from grace like he was he was up there he was lieutenant he was a good detective like he said and then he got fired for no reason he had to go live with his mom he got a job from his uncle that didn't even show his own face to give him the job you know he's he's been pulled out of his his desk to basically explain why he's giving false inquiries and it's he just keeps getting punched over and over and over again so it's gonna be fun to see his uh, his actual explosion I think um, Thank you guys so much for the one-chimers. I love, love, love doing that segment. It is one of my favorites. It's, my, it's one of my favorites to make. I, I love making all the videos, and I, I absolutely love taking those shots out. So we have one more segment, and of course, as always...
3: <laughs>
0: it's the Tuscan Raider. It's the part of the episode where we rate the episode um this week we're gonna rate episode eight we're gonna rate episode eight gosh there's been so much so much stuff uh let's rate it out of ten what should we do ten uh ten what seesaws okay yeah yeah (laughs) ten
2: seesaws i like it
0: (laughs) so scar what would you rate episode eight of (laughs) of Andor out of ten seesaws
2: without the context of later episodes i think i'd give it a six and a half seesaws Uh, But that that could easily change based on what comes next, because these are obviously like two to three part episodes that build into a larger arc. Uh, This is obviously episode one of the larger arc for this next segment. Um, But for initial viewing, I would say a 6.5.
0: All right. Justin, what about you? Uh, I'm going to...
1: You guys, you're not going to believe this. I actually give it a a 7.5. Wow. I really... For for being a filler and in an intro episode, just like Scar was saying for the arc, I was really invested. I like like, I got into Mothma after all the shit talking I was doing. Phrasing <laughs> like on Mothma is cool <laughs> like, to see the character development within the entire episode over the, I think the thirty days of Andor being in jail and uh, Miro cu- calling out Cyril like it was overall it's very very exciting for me and i, mean, I realized i like the big booms and the pew pew's going off but it surprised me that i enjoyed this episode so much
0: that also surprises me because uh because like you said you you like the pew pew's and the big booms going off and this had none of that nope so uh so that that's, that's good to hear and actually you rated it higher than i did i rated it a 7 um and it's Mainly the, the same reasons that, that Scar you rated it at six point five is just it's a good filler episode, it's got a lot of good information. Um, but until I know the payoff, you know it's it's a it's pretty average episode for me. Um so that being said, with all of our ratings, this episode is a seventy percent on Questme, um, which is pretty average. Pretty average for our show. I think say it's fair. Yeah, I think uh, we had one episode that was, like, a 68%, I believe. Um, and that was the, I think that was the lowest ever Quest Me rated episode. I think that was last week. Was yeah. it really? Which is, I, I think so. I don't I don't remember yes. things. It's a, it, they're all in my notes. I could go back and look, I guess, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> Either way, nope. this one is a 70%, and that's pretty good. Um Anyone that hasn't watched Andor yet and is still watching this podcast, I don't know what's wrong with you. You need to go back and watch this whole series um, and, and give us give us your rating at QuestMeTMA. Scar, what did you have?
2: Uh, the one thing I was just going to add on yeah. to all that was uh, this episode is really well done. Uh, we mentioned that the director was... Uh, he had done a, an episode or two of Black Mirror, which you can totally see a lot of that influence in this. Uh, and they do a lot of less is more with this episode, too. Like yeah. um, the the screenshot that I chose, uh, they did a lot of show, don't tell with Cassian. And just again, in that face acting where you just see everything wash over him. And they, they do that regularly in this episode where there's a lot of show, don't tell uh, with Justin's scene with mon mothma the the tone she's using you see what's happening she's they're not just telling you like oh it's a show they're they're doing a lot of really good subtle things that even younger viewers should be able to pick up on right and it's it's part of that more mature stuff that people have been clamoring for star wars but it's not going beyond into like r-rated territory so this is a really great uh showcase for what star wars can be I just don't think it fully encompasses what Star Wars is, which is why I think Seven is a very, very good score for this episode.
0: I agree. Um, I, I totally agree. We've been saying it all season. This is not your grandpa's Star Wars. It's, it's not what we're used to, but it's definitely, I think, something that we as fans needed um, for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Justin, what's up?
1: All right. Scar, so you so delicately, intricately worded, Exactly what I wanted to portray to Jesse. Like that was
2: Jesse. Rewind the tape and listen to it yep. again.
1: This is your reason to watch this show. There you go, buddy.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a good call. I'll have to clip that and
0: send it over to Jesse and be like, Do "Look, it. this is a this is someone that's not part of Quest Me that actually has this opinion." So, <laughs> um, excellent. This has been a super, super, super fun episode. Um, Scar, why don't you go ahead and let the viewers and listeners know where they can find you and your podcast.
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. Last name is spelled right here. And then you can find me at Talking Smack Pod. Uh, That is my podcast. We talk superheroes, movies, animation, comics, and just an excuse to talk nerd shop and uh, sometimes Star Wars. I'm trying to figure out a, a really good... Format for discussing Star Wars that doesn't lead to a lot of fighting because I have uh, multiple co hosts. Don't let the avatar scare you. Just because you see like nine people on the avatar does not mean all nine people are on the show at once. I have a rotating cast of co hosts, um, but people have differing opinions and differing uh, passions towards those things. So I want to make sure that when we do discuss Star Wars as a whole, it's done in a respectful way that's not just shouting and uh, an echo chamber of the internet. Um, but we do talk a lot of other stuff. Um, tomorrow, we'll be dropping our Mass Effect 15-year anniversary episode. And then the week after that, we'll be talking about the Weird Al movie. And then the week after that is the Black Panther review. So I'm very excited for the month of November for us.
0: Don't don't forget to bring up the fact that... Uh, what's her name? That we've been talking Oh, my God. Deidre. Deidre <laughs> is a voice in the Mass Effect series.
2: Oh, is she? Yeah. Is no Miranda is Ivon Strahovski. Let me let me find her. They, really they yeah they use Ivon's face for the the model. That's the main reason why I know okay. that one. She is she Liara who, who has a British I'm
0: accent it up Right now, but I know that she was in she's in Mass Effect Andromeda. Andromeda.
2: Okay. Yeah, she she I know who you're talking about.
0: K- Kieran Dall's. Zor- yes. She yeah. Zorai she's.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, and okay, I, I only ever played Andromeda once and I didn't dive too deeply into it. I enjoyed it, um, but I we talk a little bit about it, but we don't go too deep into like the voice actors or anything like that. Oh, but sure, 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 that is very cool to know that she has Mass Effect ties.
0: Yeah, there you go.
2: Um,
0: excellent, 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 thank you. And of course, um, to those that are listening, if you just go to our show notes, um, everything about the talking smack podcast and scar will be in there all the links and things you can just click on to go directly to their shows and twitters and all that stuff so um i do want to thank everyone for joining us today um the people that are in the chat we had roy and derpy 501st in there thank you guys again for being involved i know that uh there were some other people dropping in um but if you would like to be a part of the discussion, we are always live on Tuesday evening between eight thirty and nine o'clock Mountain Standard Time, and you can pop in and talk and/or with us at any point in time at youtubecom Podcast. Next week we actually have um, a different lineup of guests. It's some old high school friends of mine, Jake and Claire coming on to talk about Star Wars we've had a little group chat for a while Um, they don't they don't do podcasts or anything like that but they really just want to talk some Star Wars so I was like hell yeah let's do this let's uh let's have some fun so next week we got Jake and Claire coming on um, to talk about episode nine of Andor which drops tomorrow the day after we do our recordings so definitely be sure to join us next week for that And if anyone does want to be a part of Quest Me, um, whether or not we're talking about, if you want to talk about the books, the Thrawn books, if you want to get in on the Mandalorian discussion, if you want to get in on Ahsoka or anything Star Wars, you can email us at QuestMeTMA at gmail.com. And you can also add us on Twitter at QuestMeTMA
2: for QuestMe. I have been your host. Oh, you're pointing to me. Uh, (laughs) You're pointing to your name. Uh, I am Josh Scar from Talking Smack. (laughs) And I'm Justin.
0: And of course, my name is Josh.
2: These sign-offs never
0: go as planned, but it is perfect, (laughs) and I love the way that it happens. Thank you all for listening. May the Force
3: be with you.